Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. My name is Garrett Elliott. I'm the worship pastor here at Spring Hills, and I am so excited because today we're introducing you to a brand new segment called Beyond the Stage, where we're going to bring in different members of the worship team, and we're going to talk about worship, what it means to us personally, what it means to us as a church. It's really going to be cool. We're going to do an episode every few weeks with different members of the team. Today, we have Andrea Burgess, who's one of our vocalists, and Brennan Pryor, who's one of our bassists. So you'll get to know them a little bit. You'll get to hear some of their personal experiences with worshiping through music, how they got started in worship ministry, and a lot more. So check this out. Welcome, everybody, to our very first segment of Beyond the Stage. This is going to be our worship ministry segment where we'll bring in different members from our worship team and also the production team to talk a little bit about worship ministry. Now, today we have two very special guests. We have Andrea Burgess, who is one of our vocalists and worship leaders. And then we also have Brennan Pryor, who is one of our bassists on the worship team. So I brought them in today. We're going to get to know them a little bit and talk a little bit about worship ministry in general, their thoughts and their own experiences with worship ministry and how they got started. So uh, first off, let me just go ahead and introduce you to Brennan. Brennan, you can say hi now. Oh, can I now? Yes. Uh, you were just talking, so I yeah. figured I should so just this let you is finish. Brennan. And then Andrea, you hear her voice often, mostly singing. She talks sometimes and then um, gets her gets her quotes on the, the quote wall in the green uh. room. So, um, But this is Andrea. Andrea, you can say hi now. Hi. This whole thing is going to be me giving permission and taking permission <laughs> away. Uh, so much power with one person. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, this is going to be our worship segment. We're going to be doing this. I'm not exactly sure the frequency of it yet. We're going to shoot for eventually being once a week with um, the worship topic. Uh, but today we're starting this off. This is called Beyond the Stage. And we're bringing in the worship team and um, the production team. We'll bring in a few different people from uh, from around the production ministry, and we'll talk about worship, what it is, we'll define it, we'll talk about um, specific questions. Some of you asked some questions on Instagram yesterday, which I will get to as well. So this isn't going to be too... Uh, I was curious too... about that. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I was, I yeah, we got some good ones. That. We got some good ones. I was excited about the ones we got. Um, some of them weren't so good. Sorry, people. <laughs> some of you they need to step up cut. your game. Uh, no, they'll make the cut because I want to specifically uh, poke fun at it. Um, that's yeah. So that's something that I'll do a lot too. So one thing uh, that I'd like to have you kind of do is just introduce who you are, where you're from. It's kind of some basics about you. Um, so let's start with actually, Andrew. Let's start with you. Uh, you've just seniority of being here at uh, Spring Hills, the longest of the three of us. So, oh, that's true. Give a little bit yeah. of your your background, just kind of the general information of who you are, where you're from, that kind of stuff. Um, so I grew up in Sonoma County in Sebastopol, and um, have lived here most of my life. And then started coming to Spring Hills, I think, six years ago. It's been, um, and. Pretty immediately joined the worship team. So I've been doing that since I started coming here. Um, what else do you want to know? Well, that I mean, that's good for now. What, <laughs> so what is your, what's your role on the worship team? Uh, I lead worship. I yeah, sing. you're a singer. Yeah. You're a vocalist. You can say vocalist. That's okay. Uh, yeah, that's the good start. Good yeah. job. Uh, they, um, oh, this thanks. is Andrea's first time on a podcast, by the way, so she's a little nervous. And our screensaver just went up to take away our notes. So, that's helpful. Um, Brennan, go ahead. Who are you? Where are you from? Hi. Well, yeah, I'm Brennan. Um, I'm from Tracy, which is kind of the uh, in the <laughs> valley, really hot, cow town, nothing there. Um, so it's great. 
I have been at Spring Hills probably for about, oh, shoot, um, 2016. Garrett, when did you start? 2017. So yeah, Brennan's yeah. first week on the oh, worship yeah. team was my first yeah. week on staff. Yes, we were. Oh, we did the same. So like wait. his first, because it was also your second, I think, leading worship or something like that. No, it was the first was official very first one. Yeah, first official on staff. So, I had been here a couple times prior. Yeah, so that was also. I actually hadn't met Andrea yet. Yeah, so that that was my first yeah. week uh, playing on the worship team as well. So yeah, I, I think I came here in that. So that, that would have been February 2017 yeah. is when we we started. So, yeah. yeah, and I was I was here around because um, I remember the um, October event they always have. Um, I forgot the name of it. The trunk or treat. Yeah, trunk or treat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was like the first event I went to. Was that the one they had all the cars in the lobby? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I it heard was, about that. It was cool. In the so, lobby. Apparently, they rented a bunch of cars from across the street there, the little ones, like the oh, smart cars, I and had them in the I lobby because it was raining yeah. or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. one of the classic yeah. Kiki Ashley, um, yeah. you know, pivots where it's oh, like, yeah. I think, They're I might be giving them that. way too much credit yeah. right now, no, but it sounds, like, that credit, yeah. it sounds like something they would do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was fun. Good. Yeah. So I've yeah, been here since then. Uh, I've been in the area. I, I started coming here for school back in 2013 and then just kind of stayed after after school for work and things like that. So um yeah, and like Garrett said, I play bass. So I've always played, uh, always played bass since I was in high school. My dad got me into it. So he was a worship leader as well. What about um, worship ministry in general? What was your start in worship ministry? Yeah, so it was my home church back in Tracy, which was like a really small team. I think it was my dad leading worship with the guitar and vocals. I was on bass. We had a drummer sometimes. <laughs> and other times we had someone on the bongos. This is why yes. Brett This is yes. why Brett was the perfect pastor yeah. to plant a church because he's a drummer. Exactly. And that's yeah. one of the hard Ironically, we have a surplus of drummers yeah. here at Spring. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And our poor drummers sometimes just don't get to play for a while because the scheduling doesn't work out. But mm. yeah, go, sorry, continue. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I started there. And then in uh, college, I was a part of this really great Christian organization called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And uh, they have their own like worship team for the services they do on campus. And so I was a part of that one as well. Right. So That's but cool. yeah, so. it's a cool ministry, InterVarsity. If you mm-hmm. don't know what InterVarsity is and you're a college student, check it out. Yeah. Uh, is it on all campuses? Uh, it's on it's on most campuses. Most campuses yeah, okay. but you can always find out and and see. Um, and your so. Jess, your wife Jessica is um, she's the is she the director? What's her? So she role? is she's an assistant director of Greek University, which specifically is aimed towards uh, fraternity and sorority students. Sweet. So there's kind of like two different cool. branches of it. Yeah, and so she she works uh, in kind of the national uh, branch of that. So it's pretty cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then Andrea, what about you? Uh, just worship worship ministry in general. What was your start with with singing? <laughs> I, um, well, I have been singing since I can remember it. My, I would sing with my mom. I always sing at church. And then she grew up traveling with her family. Her father was an evangelist and then, and they would sing. Um, so it's just always been something that I've done and, um, but like wasn't necessarily worship, you know what I mean? So, but I was doing it at church. That's where I started and then we had a really good at my church growing up like um children's program like we would do musicals and stuff like that so that was it yeah it was so fun um so that was something that I did and then uh like high school worship team and that's when I started like working with a band okay and leading worship cool Right on. Um, and then instruments, as far as what you, you Brennan, you're the bass uh, player here, one of the bass players, but would you play any other instruments? Um, I, I don't, I did, I did 
buy a banjo a couple years ago. Nice. Which I, I like Dude, picked up. you're talking my language. Now, oh, so a fun fact. Brendan and I are from the same area. We are. We're the 209ers. 209. Um, <laughs> now, there's a few of us here. It's kind of strange that it ended up working out this way just because it's we're we're not that cl- we're not that close. I mean, like it's what two hours away to Tracy. Oh yeah, definitely. So two and a half, yeah. three to Turlock, which is where I'm from. But when I got here and started getting everybody's phone numbers, there was like three two o nine numbers, and I was like, wait a second. I've actually I'm- found a lot of people from the valley, from the two o nine specifically, come up to Santa Rosa. Robert Why wouldn't Park. you? Yeah, it's why so wouldn't nice you? It, well, that, I think part until of it is the weather. Until it started Welcome. burning down. Well, yeah, that's that's an unforeseen that's true, downside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I, I'll blame that on me since it was uh, the year that I moved here. Um, definitely right. your fault. That feels right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you've got you got your banjo, which is so, a very very Central Valley instrument. Very. And so I picked it up a couple years ago and set it down almost like immediately. Like I just, it was very hard. Um, and it's been sitting under my bed collecting dust for the last few years, but I picked it up again this past week and I'm like determined now, yes. especially with COVID. I'm determined. Bring it, bring it down here sometime and uh, I can show you a couple little tricks on how to that get would started be, with that, it. That would be I'm great. I'm not great at yes. the banjo, but I can get you started on it. Andrea, do you play any other instruments besides your? Do you play? I play my voice. <laughs> play my play voice. voice. I play my voice. Uh, I play the piano. I just don't play it in front of people. We don't know why though. <laughs> yeah, Every why, time why I ask you? Andrea, oh, "Hey, how's this key for this song?" She'll send me a video, or an audio, or whatever, of yeah. you playing the piano and singing, and I'm like. You're good at the piano. I don't know uh, why you Wait, don't, don't you have like videos of you playing on Instagram? Instagram? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just started doing that during quarantine because so, I felt that people needed some encouragement. So, so you do play <laughs> in front of people. And my piano's really out of tune. Um, yeah, I guess so. But it feels like it's by myself because I'm by myself. <laughs> There's yeah. something really endearing about an out of tune piano. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Huh? I, don't I, know. Know. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's like And one nostalgic. of the keys is like broken. Anyway, so oh. uh, I know. It's. How old is your piano? It's as old. Oh as, wait, or you have kids? As I am. How old is my piano? <laughs> what did you ask? Is that what you asked me? No, I no no no. I said, how old is your piano? Because you said it's broken. Oh. But then I realized yeah. you also have kids, yes, so I really kids. it doesn't. So yeah. kids can break things. Yes, that, I see that logic now. This. Okay, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mess up my words. I, <laughs> I was. Uh, I was meaning what I said. Uh, okay, and then Spring Hills worship. Uh, just a couple other basic questions here. What's been your favorite part of being part of? Spring Hills Worship Ministry. Um, I really love being on a team. And so I think the connection with people, whether it's in the green room or actually on stage while we're worshiping or even during practice too, like you really get to know people and um, like you're, I love the idea of like doing this thing together yeah. and worshiping and then that the spirit is also connecting us to each other. It's really special, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think you form relationships so much quicker when you're yeah. playing worship music with people. Um, and I think that like, it, it's, it's really fun because you get to, you get to know people like I only see people on the worship team twice, you know, uh, a month as far as like just really close interactions, but you, you build those relationships so quick, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as like events goes, cause I know in our notes you put like Christmas is like your favorite. I love citywide. Um, Citywide's fun. Citywide is probably my favorite event yes, we do the whole year. I love that too. And I think just getting all the people together for worship is just so, it's just like the energy. There's something is about so it that real. really yeah. is special. And yeah. I told, I mean, we did Citywide. Um, for those of you that don't know what the Citywide worship nights are, we've done two of them now where we've brought, I think we have 
six or seven churches represented in the worship team. Mm-hmm. And we do. Oh, yeah. Andrew, you haven't sang in that yet, huh? I haven't. Uh, oh, you Because we to. can't stack it with, yeah. with just so Spring Hills people. people. <laughs> We're trying true, to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need a um, yeah, group. So, and we needed a basis this last time. So I had to. You've done it both times. Yeah. Yeah. Both. So uh, cool. it's really cool, though, because we get, you know, there's five different, five or six different vocalists. We all lead a song or two. We're all from different churches. And then um, we get, I mean, I think we had like 12, 1,300 people here last summer. It's super cool. And it's fun to see all these churches together and, and worshiping together. It really is. It's a cool experience. I told Caitlin after the 2018 one, it might have been the most fun I had on stage yeah. to that point. Oh, I 100%. believe that. So, yeah, those, are, those big events are fun. Okay, so let's do this. Let's jump into some of our worship topics now. And I want to know from you two specifically, what are some of the most challenging things and some of the most rewarding things about being part of the worship ministry here at Spring Hills? I think I think one of the big things I find really challenging is is not getting so swept up in the performance of things or or even just the fun of things because the worship has a, a point like there's a purpose to it so we're not just doing it for the fun of it not just to sound good right not just to sound good but it's really easy to be like hey well this I'm sounding really good right now and like this is this is yeah. the best I've ever played this song and so it's really okay. easy to get caught up in the like yeah I'm performing so well right now and then you have to be like wait that's not why I'm up here. And so you really have to kind of keep yourself in check. And that's a constant thing. I mean, I don't know for, for you guys, but for me, it's a very constant, like, this is really fun. And then I'm like, okay, wait, I got to remember. What are we and doing? Like, yeah. What are we doing? Why yeah. are we doing this? So it is a challenge. It really is. Yeah. I think the, for me, the most rewarding thing is when somebody, not when somebody, although I appreciate it, like comes up and says, oh, I love it when you sing or I love your voice or whatever. Like that is very nice and a nice compliment. But when somebody says, I don't get that compliment very much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me either. Aw, <laughs> uh, Brendan, really? Um, but when somebody says like that song that you led or the way that you did it, or like when they really are experiencing worship or they're moved by the spirit because I'm being a vessel that he's working through, like that's the most rewarding thing to me um because that's the point yeah the com- <laughs> the compliment the compliments that come to us sometimes when it's like i mean i somebody the other day had um just on instagram or something messaged me and it was someone from our church that just said we really appreciate the way that you guys lead worship because it's not you we can tell this isn't a performance for you guys which is really that's one of the best compliments we could get just because it's like yeah we are up here for um the reason to lead our congregation in worshiping god yeah. not in uh, praising us mm-hmm. for, yeah. for what we're doing. So I want to ask you this question, and the reason I want to ask it is because I have a very specific answer myself, uh, and I'm excited to share that. So the question that I have for you is, do you remember the first time that you worshiped God through music? I don't know if it's the first time, but an experience I remember is being in high school, and we were in kind of like a smaller room, and... um during worship and I was in the back, which I actually, when I'm not leading, I kind of like to be in the back of like the group of people that's worshiping. So I can just, I don't know. I feel like I'm by myself, but also with a group of people and it feels like a very special time of worship for me. So, um, I just, I think that's when I realized it. I was like in the back sitting cross-legged on top of a table or something like that. Like super, yeah, I don't know why. And, um, I just remember thinking like, Oh, Maybe this is what heaven's like a little bit, you know, oh, like, cool. that's cool. yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I also have a specific time, but there was a good year, like a year long span of time in junior college 
where God was really working on my heart. And this was, this was before I really like truly dedicated my life to him. But during this year long period of time, I was driving to my junior college every day or every other day. And my junior college was about half an hour away from where I lived. So I had a good like commute. Did you go to MJC? No, I, I went to, um, Las Positas oh, okay. in, in Livermore. Um, and so I would drive over the Altamont every day and uh, I was always, I was listening to a lot of worship music during that time. And I think that was really where I was. I, I got a, a lot of that feeling of really worshiping. And that was always really funny because it really was by myself. Um, yeah. Um, and I've always been one of those people who are a little bit embarrassed being very like vulnerable and open about how I worship. So being able to be in the car by myself, no one else around and really just like letting go with worship yeah. was, was really, was really good. And I think yeah. that really taught me a lot about, um, worshiping through music. So. Yeah. So my experience took place after high school. Uh, there was this time where I felt like my whole life was crashing down on top of me, mostly due to my own decisions. Uh, they weren't necessarily poor decisions. They just didn't work out the way I'd planned. So my senior year, I'd been offered scholarships for basketball at a few different NCAA D2 and D3 schools, um, and a few NAI D2 schools, but I really wanted to play at Azusa Pacific. I knew they played at a higher level. I'd wanted to play there all through high school. So I'd done mm -hmm. workouts with them and I really fit in well with their style. And I felt like I could see a future in that program for me. But the thing was, if I went in as a freshman, I'd likely just be playing behind the three upperclassmen, wouldn't be getting a whole lot of playing time. I'd be getting like the minimum scholarship. I think it was $2,500 for the year, which really doesn't make too much of a dent in like the $35,000 price tag. So I decided to stay in my hometown, play at a junior college where I knew I'd be a starter. I'd improve my game. I'd pay very little for tuition. And then after a year or two, I'd make my way to Azusa, hopefully get a better scholarship. Yeah. I'd have junior college experience and I'd get lots of playing time or I'd be at least be able to fight for playing time. Well, the junior college ended up being a really, really bad fit. Just about every way possible. Ultimately, my coach suggested that I redshirt, which essentially means I practice with the team but don't play in any games, which then wouldn't cost me a year of eligibility. So I told the coach that I planned to transfer after a year or two. I didn't want to stay in junior college for a third year. And after that, I just was put in his doghouse. I went from being a starter to being on the bench. So I ended up dropping out of MJC, took a semester off. My friends had all moved. I was basically stuck in my hometown or felt stuck in my hometown. I didn't have the one thing that I had been so familiar with during the fall and winter months, which was basketball. That was what I had always done. My life basically just revolved around basketball. And now all of a sudden, here I am, not on a team, which is really weird for me. And I really started to struggle with my own joy, trying to find where my joy was. But during that that semester time was the time where it was like, I'm not in school now because I dropped out of dropped out of college, which mm -hmm. already was really scaring my parents, even yeah. though I had yeah. plans to, yeah. to go back. Sure. I was yeah. already in motion of doing that. I was working full time. All my friends were gone. Yeah. And so it was just this so really lonely, lonely yeah. feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there was a time where I went to our college group. My dad was a my dad was a pastor at a church um, since the time I was I mean, he's been a pastor in ministry my whole life, youth pastor, worship pastor. But at this point, he'd been in this church for a long time. The college group was going. And I went down there, didn't really, I wasn't friends. I knew everybody because I grew up at this church. But I wasn't really friends with any of them beyond just like, hey, what's up, man? 
And I show up to this place, sat in the back. I always sit in the back because I'm tall. I don't yeah. like being in front of people. <laughs> but I was watching the worship team, and there was one person specifically on the worship team where it was this person that I would say is like this really outgoing, uh, kind of a popular person. And I was watching this person worship, and I'm like, this doesn't even look like him. Like what yeah. he's, how he's worshiping right now. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about this. Now I'd played in worship teams in high school and stuff like that. But there was this moment of like realizing I'm missing the point here. I've been, I've been looking at it like you were saying, like how fun it is to play, to play yeah. music yep. be with a team. And this guy was sitting there kind of in the back. I mean, he was, he was sort of isolated on his own back by the, in the back corner. And I just kind of watched him just like, he sort of turned, he was almost not facing the wall behind him, but kind of turned away from everybody. And you could tell he was just having this real like moment of worship, like legitimately, genuinely worshiping God. Mm -hmm. And it just got me thinking. Then I started to listen to these worship songs and really started to focus on the words of them rather than like the melody and the music. And it was the, um, there was a kind of, I don't, this is so strange that it's like this one, one moment, but I remember one moment of a song and it's a song that doesn't, I can't find it anywhere because it was the. Uh, the worship leader at Azusa. So that started, you know, a couple months of me really listening to worship music and listening to the lyrics. And I remember sitting in uh, the congregation of our chapel and the worship leader was singing a song he wrote. And he said something super simple in the song, which is glory to the king of love. You're lifted high above. Uh, Greater you in all your ways. You'll never um, be replaced. And it was got me thinking of like, what in my life do I replace do I put in God's place? Yeah. What's And then mm-hmm. the song, Jesus, Son of God, on the altar of our yeah. praise, let there be no higher name. Yeah. And it was those two songs back to back of like, what am I putting on the altar of praise? What am I putting higher above God? And I just started realizing I put a lot mm-hmm. above yeah. God. Mm-hmm. And this is, it really felt like God was like <laughs> one of those like, yeah, you dummy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> finally, Get I've been it. working on this for 19 years with you, and yeah. you're finally starting to understand this. And it really was like that that moment of like, oh. And I look back and I go, man, I was, I was so dumb because I was just thinking like, I just, I just didn't, I wasn't open to it. Like yeah. I was just like, oh, it's music. It's kind of boring. Worship music. My dad was a worship pastor. Yeah. That mm-hmm. music is boring, dad. And. Yeah. Hey, but that's okay. Um, I'll help you on the guitar this weekend. Right. Just stuff like that. Exactly. And then finally it was like, oh, I get it now. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we're praising a God that is so big and so mighty and so powerful. We, we deserve none of the love that he gives us. And yet it's still more love than we'll ever be able to understand. And it was like, oh, I get, I get it now. And now now. I'm worshiping, I'm worshiping God for everything he is and everything he does. And I don't want it just to be in this moment. I want this to be what my lifestyle is now. So that was kind of my first, that specifically those back-to-back songs at a chapel at Azusa. So did that bring you like into relationship with, with the Lord, like in a way that you never had experienced before? Is that, yeah, like that light bulb kind of? It was, so I was, I mean, I was a really, I was a really like, I was a good Christian kid. Like I had a relationship with God. I was not, yeah. I was not a crazy kid. Like I was, I believed I was in small groups. I was interested. I was very, um, I was very serious about, I was very serious about my faith and about just being my, my friends and I, we made, um, you know, we, we were all holding each other accountable for things Mm -hmm. and sure we, we Mm -hmm. screwed up here and there, but like we held each other accountable to a lot Mm -hmm. of things. 
And it was kind of, I look back at it and I go, I'm so thankful for that small group because I really know myself again, like those guys at the, at the junior college, I would have ended up being a partier and gone off the rails Mm -hmm. in high school if it Mm -hmm. wasn't for these guys kind of being like, no, we're not going to go to parties, man. That's not what we're going to do. So I never did that. And, um, I think that was God kind of protecting me from all of that, knowing that if I go, if I go too deep, I don't know if I'm coming back. That's so me too. That is so me. Well, this is going to lead to one of our questions that we got, which is uh, Enneagram numbers. And you and I are the same Enneagram numbers. Anyways, (laughs) we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, (laughs) all right. So as we're getting started with beyond the stage, our new worship ministry segment, I think it's important that we define what worship is and what it accomplishes, because I think there's this common misconception that worship is only happening when we're gathering together at church and singing together. And don't get me wrong, that is worship, but that's not the only time that worship is happening. So let's go ahead and define worship, what it accomplishes. I think it's important to do that, because when I was growing up, I really didn't have that distinction that worship was happening every day. There were things that, as I've already talked about, were on my altar of praise that were higher than God. I was worshiping things without even realizing it. So let's define worship. What is it, and what does worship accomplish? Yeah, well, I think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think worship is really this act of kind of lifting something up. So it's taking something, and, and that's and that's I think where the danger of of worshiping the wrong thing can can get because um, you can take anything and you can worship that thing. Um, so you can you can be one of these people who is so like in love with their job and they worship their job, right? So it's like they're they're placing it above everything else in their life. And it's not bad to love your job. No, no, no. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Garrett. <laughs> no, I'm being serious though, because like a lot of times, I I think I've I mean I know I've had conversations with people where they actually feel convicted over yeah love over loving something that's not God. Sure, and it's like well just. It's okay to love things. Yeah. Like well, and I know, and order. I think it'll be something we talk about in a minute too, because I know it's on our notes. But um, like there's there's definitely like a healthy love of things, and that's yeah. that's good to have. Um, I think where worship comes in is putting it above everything else, and so then you can easily worship the wrong things. So when it comes to worshiping God, it's really it's really placing Him above everything that that we're doing. Yeah, and that's why it doesn't have to be in just in just music because it's one of these things that. Um, you can worship through any any number of ways, right. um, and I think really also it's it's also kind of an act of kind of giving giving God what is God's, which right. is like the praise and and kind of like where knowing knowing what happens in our lives and all the good things that happen, being able to attribute all those things to God and and what He's yeah. doing in our lives, and so I think really um, focusing on that and lifting that up is I think really the the purpose of worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it's very important to know. God know his character in order to worship him because otherwise it is just singing a song if you don't actually have a relationship or know who it is you're singing to or worshiping um as far as in in music um and it's easy for people to get swept up in the emotions of it Mm -hmm. or that worship songs are pretty much written to kind of build right (laughs) yeah emotion they always build and they get big and then they you know and so it's easy to think that you're worshiping in music and not actually be worshiping and then um like worshiping throughout your life I read a book oh maybe a couple years ago ago called celebration of discipline Mm. I don't really like discipline (laughs) (laughs) or like being still or like any of those things but it talks about 
that, like the different ways that we worship the Lord in obedience to mm-hmm. his word. And even in one of the things that really struck me was like <laughs> the guy said, go outside and, and like observe nature and watch a bug and like really watch it and look at it and see what it's doing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh I my. don't but I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I did as a kid. That's what I did that stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. And like that that's actually an act of worship. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I would never just choose to go do watch that a bug. today. Yeah. Like watch a bug. But if I realize that it's like, no, I'm like observing what God has created and I'm in his creation and I'm just being still and watching it, like that's an act of worship. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, but, and I, yeah. I really love what you said too about People sometimes can can think they're worshiping when they're not. Yes. But I also I also think that can be switched around too in the sense that people feel like they can only worship when they feel like it, right? Ah, like they see yes. worship like, oh, I feel so worshipful right now. Yeah. But I think it can really be lost that it's it's an action, right? Mm-hmm. So even when you're not feeling like yes. it, you yes. can still worship. And I think that's a big thing because a lot of people will will go to church and maybe they're in a place where they're they're having a lot of hardships and they're like, Yeah, I just don't feel like worshiping right now. Like Not I don't really. I don't feel anything from the song. And it's yeah. like, well, I think there, there's something deeper you have to look at mm-hmm. and kind of like, what's your action and intention mm-hmm. behind it? So, yeah. Yeah. And to just do it anyway. Yeah. Like even when you don't feel it. Yes. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I forget who, how, how this was said. I just remember hearing this at one point, just being um, like really kind of irritated when people are like, yeah, I didn't really, didn't really like worship today. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't for you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I I do want our I want our church to enjoy the time yeah. that we have worshiping through music, but at the same time, it's not about them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, the whole point of what we're doing is to point everybody to God. And if I mean, there's all we get into this a lot later. Um, just if they're if if we're really bad, it's distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. If, the, if stuff's not working, it's mm-hmm. distracting. Mm-hmm. And people are going to get taken out of worship. And Brett has done a really great job over the last couple of years with me, helping me understand things that take him out of worship. Yeah. And he said, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. And so there's no way we're going to have, you know, the 1500 people here on a weekend and every single person is going to be like, Hey, that hit the spot today. Right. Yeah. You know, like it's just <laughs> yeah. not going to happen that way. Yeah. But it starts with, it starts with where the posture of your own heart is. And if we're starting in that spot where we're all up on this stage, we're worshiping God. And you know what? The sound, the soundboard freezes, which has happened (laughs) numerous times. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the most awkward three minutes of my life when that happens. And I, I hate that it happens, but there's still a moment there where I go, Jesus didn't have a sound system when he was, right. Right. When he was going around and speaking and mm-hmm. when, when David was writing these Psalms, he didn't have a microphone and speakers like it's OK that we're worshiping without, yeah. you know, the microphone and speakers right now. Now, granted, I, in no way do I want to experience the soundboard freezing <laughs> like that again. But um, just understanding that, like, there's this there's this point where you, you just have to make sure you're starting. At, you have the right foundation, right? Yeah. The right foundation, then build off of that. Well, and I do think it's important. And I just want to say this before we move on. I also want to highlight too that like it's not just we we use a lot of language of like oh them it's not for you but it's also sure. the same for us oh yeah because yeah. we're on stage it's like right. doubly true there's so many times where I've listened to a song and been like yeah I just don't really like that one yep. totally. but then I have to be like well that's not the point so right. you need to yeah. still worship with that yeah so I think I've told you numerous times where it's like I mean because we've we've had we're, we're we have spent a lot of time together on the yeah. weekends right yes. we're back here a lot <laughs> um, and we have a lot of conversations and sometimes somebody will say. 
hey, I'm, I looked right at Andrea when I said that. <laughs> I'm not saying Andrea says this, but um, yeah, I'm kind of over that song. And I said that a lot. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's to a point where like, I'm like, yeah, I, I am too. And what do right. we need to do now that we're kind of over the song? Because sure. this was something I wrote down on here too. By the time the weekend is over, we have, we have listened to a song. Mm-hmm. We have practiced it. We have... Uh, on our own and then practiced it together and then played mm. it for four services. So we have played and listened to this song somewhere probably between 15 and 20 times yeah. that week. Mm-hmm. And our congregation has heard it once. Yeah. If they were there. Yeah. Right. And then if we do that song next week, and then a lot of people only come to church every other week, right? Someone's heard it the first time and we've now heard this song 30 times. Yeah. yeah. So it is very easy to get kind of like, all right, I'm. I'm over mm-hmm. this. Now, God has blessed me with this magical gift to not get tired of songs very, very easily. Yeah. And I think part of that is because I used to get tired of songs really easy, worship songs specifically. And I really started to refocus on different parts of the song. Yeah. And so I think there was a, or not I think, I know there was a time where we would come into the green room, no instruments or anything, and we would just sing the song a cappella together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was awkward and it was weird. And people that don't sing are singing. Yeah. And it was like, kind of uncomfortable but it was really causing you to focus on what you were singing Mm -hmm. and it was even as singers uh, speaking for myself here it was awkward for me but I really we were singing this is amazing grace which is probably the song we've sang the most in the last five years right and thinking about the lyrics of that song of um this is amazing grace grace this is unending love that you take my place you would bear my cross you'd lay down your life and I'm just like thinking like this isn't this isn't some boring song. Right. Like yeah. what this is singing about is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like how how dare I look at and look at these lyrics and go, I'm over this. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, like mm-hmm. and I get it. Like the music can get repetitive and and yeah. people can be like, "All right, freshen it up, do something new." But at the same time, it's like but that's the gospel that's yeah. being yeah. sang right mm-hmm. here. It's it's li- yeah, it's truth mm-hmm. that we're singing and it's an amazing truth. Yeah. yeah. So let's celebrate that regardless of if you're going to hear for the 9,000th time, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, with, with uh, my definition of, of worship, I think of it with this also, um, you know, I mean, it's ascribing worth and, and uh, showing reverence, but I like the idea that worship is a whole life response to God's glory. Mm -hmm. And so worshiping God in other ways that aren't music and you, like you said, Brennan, you said, maybe you're not even noticing that you're worshiping. Mm-hmm. Maybe l- looking at a bug, <laughs> you didn't even notice you that you were, do that this you know, yes, probably that's my afternoon yeah. activity now. <laughs> but um, it made me think my son, who's four, we got him a telescope and we've been going mm-hmm. outside looking at the moon Ooh, and I at stars. That. And cool. even though like I very honestly, the times we've done that haven't every time just been like, oh my gosh, God's creation is amazing. I have a couple times and I really think like his wonder and like, oh my goodness, like yeah. the moon is so big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like understanding that the moon isn't actually, doesn't actually light up, but it's reflecting the sun's light and like his understanding of everything. And he's just marveling in this, yeah. like, mm-hmm. that is so cool. And I'm like, and God created that. Like yeah. he's not boring. God is not boring. No. He's yeah, very creative. Yeah. And this is an amazing thing that we're looking at. And it does... Um, it does make me think just like the certain songs that sing about, I mean, canons is one of them, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. it talks about the, the stars and, and stuff like that. The moon and the stars declare who you are. And it's like, 
that's amazing to me that you look around the universe and you're like, all of this stuff that God created is literally declaring who God is, his majesty, his greatness, and, and his creativity, mm. it, yeah. which is just phenomenal to me, especially it as is. like, you know, musicians, creativity mm-hmm. is, I look at it and I go, how did he think of this with us? Even just like the human body. Sure. I'm like, yeah. oh, totally. the fact that the fact that we can play instruments and mm-hmm. that we can vocalize in mm-hmm. harmony and melody, you know, I don't know yeah. it's just fascinating. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, it's so, beautiful. Um, let's move to that then, worshiping in all you do. So um, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. And then in Psalm 34, David writes, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my mouth. So how can we make things that are just like everyday, possibly mundane things, an act of worship? Well, when I was a kid and I'd make my bed and it wasn't, you know, up to my mom's standards, mm-hmm. she would remind me that everything I do is for the Lord. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, and I'm like, ugh. And this fine. is where pursue excellence comes from. Yes. Yeah. But it's true, but it it's always stuck with me. And I, I like to work. I've I like as soon as I could get a job, I got a job and I took it very seriously. Like this is, I'm doing this for the Lord, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like, oh, today I'm going to go out and tell people about Jesus. It should just be a part of my day every day. Be Jesus. It should be, yeah. Yeah. I mean like reflect who he is. Yes. And the only way I can do that is spending time with him. And then when you start from that place, it's kind of a natural thing to just worship through your work or your parenting or your whatever this is what brett said about mowing the lawn when he was younger when he became a christian in high school and Uh he said one of the first things that his dad noticed about the change that has happened is how well he was cutting the grass that's right which starts to explain why brett loves the lawn out here right and he's excited about church on the lawn Mm -hmm. because he's uh he's very he's very proud of it you know like and it's because he was showing uh, he was pursuing excellence in everything that he was doing, yeah. which is such a cool story to hear from somebody who was a high school kid yeah. that became a Christian after um, after not growing up in the in a Christian home where it was preached to him all the time. Yeah. Where it just something changed in him mm-hmm. that was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this better well, and I'm gonna do this well. And that's the thing too is that if you're told to do those things, then it kind of then it's more of a legalistic thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like oh, I'm following the rules and doing this thing. But if it comes from a place of worship, then mm-hmm. it's, you know, like then it is actual excellence. Right. It is pleasing to the Lord because you're just wanting to please Him. It's mm-hmm. not like checking things off the list because you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it gets dangerous when you're checking stuff off a list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we even talked about with like with worship having the right posture. Um, but um, I think even with like, like you're talking about having that posture of like, it, it seems kind of silly of like, yeah, let's do these weird, these, these things every day. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm doing that for, for Jesus. Yeah. But I think when you have the posture of worship, that's where you really start to see that. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the best, I love the example of like using your job or worshiping through your job. Yeah. Um, just because I think it's so applicable to everybody. Um, but I think it's just like a, especially when you're working in a job that doesn't have any connection at all to the church or to Jesus or anything and being able to, I think, kind of exemplify him through how you're just working mm-hmm. um, is, is a, is a big deal. And, um, and it has it, an impact on people. It does. It has an impact and people notice. And that's, what's really, that's what you know when you're really starting to like, yeah, yeah. I'm doing this in a worshipful manner is when people start think, saying like, there's something different 
And yeah. I don't really know what it is, but I can like tell there's something different. Yeah. And that's usually how, how a lot of that is. And is it can be in the, the polar opposite, um, have a negative effect. If you're kind of a jerk at work uh-huh. because yeah. you don't like your job or yep. something mm-hmm. and people are like, yeah, that guy's kind of, he's kind of a tool. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then you go, oh, he's on the worship team at a church. Yeah. Wow. I don't want to be around those people. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's just like that automatically has now made that person not want to be not just around the church in general and people in the church, but God, yeah. because yeah. that's, we're reflecting. We, this, there's that song, Phil Wickham song that it's, if you're the sun, I want to be the moon. I want to reflect yeah. the love that you're mm-hmm. showing to me. I want to reflect it. Um, yeah. I mean, so it could have a polar opposite effect too. And if you are in genuine relationship with God, it yeah. shines through and yeah. you can see it's yeah. just like, I mean, there's a, there's a change. I have a friend who, um, you know, I grew up with him and he, he grew up coming to church. His family didn't, but he was, you know, coming to youth group with me and stuff and we'd hang out and he wasn't like, uh, he wasn't like rejecting God, but he wasn't really searching for it either. He uh-huh. was kind of just like, Oh, who's going to be there? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go. That that sounds fun. It was a social thing for mm-hmm. him. Right. And it was sort of like, he was kind of this quiet, almost, I don't want to say depressed, but he was a very like, um, like monotone behavior, pretty just like not super joyful in everything mm-hmm. he yeah. was doing. And then when we were in high school, he became a Christian and it was like, there was this thing that just changed in him. And you could tell there was just joy in his life and everything when he was around, you could just tell he was changed. And it was so cool That's to so see cool. this kid. I mean, 15, 16 years old, just his life changed. And I mean, I still talk to him to this day. He's still in church and he's serving and um, he's got a job that in my my own personality would be torture for me, but he loves it and he loves the people he's around. He doesn't work around a bunch of Christians, so he's mm-hmm. just be, he's a he's an awesome witness to these people. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's really cool to see how how that relationship with Christ has changed him. That's I was gonna say, joy is a huge difference mm-hmm. i think because so many people are complaining oh I yeah know, all day about their job or whatever to. it's hard not to and there's something um like it's easy to just start doing that too when you're around it and i think our language in general is really important right. too in our worship so uh what's in james it says like cursing and blessing can't come out of the same mouth mm-hmm. you know like that's that's true. So whether that's gossiping at work, because that's super easy to right, do, true, or yeah. you know, like whatever it is, it's um, to be joyful and to be kind with our words, and mm-hmm. is a huge testimony. When you to. guys have gotten to know me well enough to know, like when we're when we're together as a worship team, if there starts to be something negative, yeah, it really eats at me mm-hmm. because yeah. I I don't want to focus on the negative at all. I don't want to, it's not like I don't want to be aware of it. Like if something's, right. if something needs to be fixed, I yeah. want to be aware of it, but I don't want to just hone in on it and dwell on it. And then you, you can even see when it's like, there's somebody that has something negative to say, and it's obviously we're not perfect. So, and sure. I've been that one too. I think it was the morning when the soundboard went out, wouldn't turn on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you both stressful. were there, right? <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Every yeah. now and then you guys have seen my, my stressness. What is that? Stress level anxiety anxiety yeah. whatever it is come out and i become very harsh and really negative and kind of mean and it's like i hate that I side of me i don't see that but well yeah <laughs> but okay you know what i'm saying yeah. though like yeah. a different side yeah. of me kind of comes out where you can you can kind of see like i get a little quieter yes i get 
you know, my fa- I'm not smiling. Things aren't I'm funny anymore. Yeah, things around. aren't funny anymore. I'm not yeah. laughing. I'm not being sarcastic, which is something that I do all constantly. the time. <laughs> and it's like people go, ooh. You, this and it's awkward it's a little it's it's a little bit like this it's, situation where you're like i i it's like a kind of like car accident like i can't look away but i don't want to look at it's this. definitely <laughs> noticeable for sure and <laughs> so yeah worshiping and all that we do every the job that you're doing um now brendan you're not a you're not a parent yet but um you know you'll be a parent at some point so caitlin and i my wife caitlin we talk about what it's like to uh just be godly parents and worshiping worshiping through your job. And for her right now, her primary job is being a mother. And mm-hmm. she has a, she has a full-time job also, but with the, you know, the coronavirus stuff going on, she's not working as much. And so she's looking at her job as a parent and she's constantly asking herself and asking God, how do I do this as, mm-hmm. um, how do I reflect Christ in my job as a parent? So I'll ask specifically, Andrea, do you have any thoughts on this of parenting being an act of worship? Well, I have realized that they're watching everything I do, right. <laughs> which is a Scary. lot of pressure. So, um, like even during this time, this whole, like being quarantined, that whole thing, uh, stay in place, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, it was important for me to tell them, no, you can't come in my room right now. Like for mm-hmm. me to have oh, space yeah. where I could be with the Lord. Cause I realized, Oh, they're with me all the time now. And I'm not getting like that time in the word. And I'm so super impatient, like just in general, even when I've spent time with the Lord, but it's mm-hmm. just a little less, you know, like that's something I have to pray for constantly is to be patient. And so, um, for me, I can't, I like cannot do it if I am not like starting my day with the Lord, I just can't, I will be a terrible parent. So, um, that's kind of like really the thing I try to cling to is like reminding myself that I'm not going to do it perfectly and that they see the good things and the bad things that I do, but that if I can acknowledge the things that I've done wrong and apologize, I think that's a really important thing in parenting is apologizing for what I do wrong and they're like the sweetest you know they don't they're always like oh it's okay you know oh I love you and I'm like <laughs> um so they teach me so they teach me as much as I teach them but yeah just trying to be or like inviting them into like an actual uh musical worship moment with me instead of kind of shooing them away you know stuff like yeah. that so I want to talk a little bit about the differences between the benefits of private worship and corporate worship so uh, just some thoughts that you have on the differences and the benefits between those two. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you private worship is really interesting because we talked about already how it can worship can look like anything. Right. Private worship and is even more of like a specific thing to each individual, just because it's it's going to be internal a lot of times. Um, I mean, you can externalize it as well, but a lot of times it's it's it can be internal, and I think that's I think it's where a lot of people come from, and especially in in the church culture that we have. There's a lot of people who do like to pref- they prefer an internal form of worship, mm-hmm. um, and so that's always a little bit different because there's some people who you see who are very like open and with their worship, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have see people who aren't as open with it, and it really is more internal, and that's awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being able to kind of understand you know what your own personal private worship really looks like, um, but I, I do think there is something really important about corporate wor- worship, and I think mm-hmm. a balance of the two is really is really impactful. So you don't want to always just have private worship, um, because you can you can even learn from people in their worship as well. 
And um, so I, I think it's really important to have like a, a, a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And in Matthew 18, you know, two or three, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. I think that's such a great just summary of the importance of corporate worship, of being together. And it's not two or three hundred. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. two or three gather yeah. in my name. And then more than that, great. You know, like, but yeah. when two people are praying with each other, doing a devotional together, um, it's really like, I mean, it's really glorifying to God because we, we're not, as we've seen a lot, just being shelter in place and a lot of people being isolated and stuff. We're not built to be, we're not created to be yeah. isolated. Mm-hmm. So like if you just tried to completely be on your own, your private, private worship, that's great, but it's so important. And this is one of the reasons Brett did this, uh, series that he did a couple weeks ago. He ended, it was, uh, the church is essential is because of this. Like we need, we need each other. We need to be worshiping with each other. This is why it's mm-hmm. so difficult for me right now to hear that singing is being banned indoors yeah. for church. And it's really mm-hmm. so discouraging to me because I'm just like, but come on, yeah. <laughs> but I want to, you yeah. know, like that's so the sad. feeling that I get. And then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? God's given us this amazing property with the resources to be able to do these services outside and we're so blessed right now that we get to do this where we get yeah. to stand uh together out on that lawn and worship and i'm so grateful for that and because i i i've been craving mm-hmm. that now yeah, we've been too. we have been fortunate to be able to be recording on stage with seven or eight of us um which is really a, cool i mean that's a cool yeah. experience and i think it's actually uh i'm gonna do another one probably in a month or so um when i want to say when this is all over but it's, we don't know when <laughs> well. this is all going to be over, but I really want to talk about, um, kind of the changes that that made in my own worship life, yeah. the, the recording and the tight, the empty room, empty chairs, and then just being with this group of six, seven people on stage and worshiping and the way that it, I think it really out of the frustration that we had to do it that way came a bigger appreciation and understanding for what we get to do, mm-hmm. what yeah. the privilege we have that totally. we're doing. So, yeah. Well, I think even with, with this whole stay at home sort of situation that we've had for the last few months, I'm kind of somebody who likes to look on the bright side of things. Yeah. Um, but I think even in, in the topic of private worship, I've been able to, like, I, I find worship and even just playing an instrument. Yeah. Um, even if it's, even if it's not necessarily a worship song, because I just think that being able to play an instrument and using that gift that God has given me it's, for me is, is worship. So I've been able to work on on that and, and practice things at home myself or even like, like I said, pull out that banjo and try that a little bit. And even a little bit of that feels worshipful to me. Uh, for my wife, she's a painter. So she's been painting a ton, um, especially the last month or two. And I, I don't I don't know for her if that's worshipful. I would think it probably is. Um, but it's just being able to, to take the opportunity with the resources and the situation we're currently in. And yeah. be like, All right, how do I how do I use this to its benefit, you know? How do I find worship in that? So I think like, yeah, it is discouraging to be like, oh man, we can't, we can't meet in the same way we were. And it's probably going to be a while before we can, but there's a lot of different ways you can still use the time as like, no, this is, this can still be worship, Mm -hmm. even if it's a little bit different than I'm used to. Right. Mm -hmm. I was going, I mean, without going too far into detail, I was really going through some personal issues Mm -hmm. at the beginning of all this. And it started, my dad had had a heart attack at the end of February, middle of February, and it kind of had this chain reaction of my own, um, some health struggles that I was having. And it was, it all kind of stemmed from when I broke my back years ago. And it's just been kind of this ongoing, what are we in 2020? So six years of these back issues. And I was mm-hmm. really struggling with some things. 
And having the the consistent group that was here, the six, seven people that were in here, we were praying together. Uh, it was over Easter where it was really like coming to a head for me, really being stressed out and like very emotional. And having the the people around me, I think completely saved me. Mm-hmm. Like I I was the people that were here and I've actually probably, Andrew, you don't know this. I've given you more credit than I think that that you probably even realize uh-huh. because of you being around for the last 14 weeks or whatever, yeah. because of you wanting to have fun oh. and you bring light, <laughs> yeah. lighting, lightening the mood and like making yeah. jokes. And like, I feel like I can be sarcastic around yeah. you. And like, there was this one point where um, I've told the story too many times now where Andrea and I, when we're on camera, <laughs> Um, where I had asked her if she could let me know if my collar's popping up from my guitar strap or just let me know if I look stupid in general. <laughs> and then mid song, you know, I've got these back issues and stuff and it was, it was causing me <laughs> to look stupid as Andrea has said. And she, I think, and I can't, I'll, I won't speak for you, but I'll guess. I think the initial thought might be, you kind of felt bad for me. I did. Yeah. And then you, you were like. <laughs> But I think I can. I think I can, I can make help. this joke. <laughs> and you said you look stupid, <laughs> and it made me. I mean, other people would would be hurt by that. Yeah, I definitely. thought it was one of the funniest things that you've ever said. Which you well, know, it's I'm not saying funny. much. But no, um, and I think wow. just being with being with our community, and this is basically our our worship team is a small group, and being with each other and people praying for me and supporting me, it was. Oh my goodness. Like, I can't even tell you how much, how helpful it was for me to have people around me to be like, Hey, let us know how things are going. Let us pray Mm -hmm. for you. Let us be here for you. And even if it's just to make jokes and like to make me laugh, that's my personality is like, you know what? I don't want to be sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So making me laugh really is like, even if it's at my expense, I think it's hilarious. Totally. Do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just the idea of being, being with the people that in a situation that I was very frustrated by. Had there been people in the room, yeah, it, I, it wouldn't be the same. So, like having this kind of this uh, this intimate worship time with these six people, seven mm-hmm. people, really was something that I hadn't really experienced because it's normally like rehearsal and I'm listening to things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hey, make sure you play this and and Brennan, stop messing up so much. And yeah, you know, just uh, I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> Jerry, you know, Jerry. just <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, I really think there was something that. Um, that God really taught me through this whole thing. Absolutely. And it's been a kind of a breakthrough as far as like my own understanding of the importance of, yeah. of our team mm-hmm. worshiping together. Yeah. yeah. The, so. um, the original question was the difference, right? Difference. Pri- we're between, talking about private, yeah. corporate private worship, and corporate. Yeah. So I was reading in second Chronicles 20, which is really interesting. And it's like Jehoshaphat or someone with a J name. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot <laughs> of J names J in the name. Old Testament. There are. But it was like they were going to be attacked. And then uh, the first thing that he did was fasted and sought the Lord by mm-hmm. himself. And he like for the people. And then they met together. And then the part like that part I didn't wasn't super familiar with. I was really familiar with I think it's like lower in the chapter, but, um, about how, when they went out to fight the battle that the, the worshipers went first, like they mm, led yeah, yeah, the yeah. army, which mm-hmm. is so cool. That is cool. And, um, so 
I like to think about that when I am leading worship, that like we are leading this army into battle because we have the spiritual battle going on all the time Mm -hmm. and we don't think about it. But we also need to come to the gathering like ready for that. And it's like it's like the next thing we do after we have worshiped on our own. Right. right? Like Mm, we have to be, you know, and of course you don't have to be like clean and perfect and good to come to church. Yeah. You know, you can come any, however we're all messed you are. Up. Yeah, yeah. We're all messed up. You don't got to get cleaned up to take a bath. But mm-hmm. the, when we are all like, when we, <laughs> what? no, I actually, I actually really like that. that was, <laughs> I was wondering why you guys didn't respond. I, you know, I, I just was quietly appreciating yeah, that. I saw your face. <laughs> I'm like, what do you think? You don't have to get cleaned uh, up to take a bath. It makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. It actually It's does. A, not a bad analogy, <laughs> Yeah, right? it's kind of nice. Sorry, keep going, Andrea. Well, now I don't know what I was Great. saying, and it was so profound. That was my goal. Uh, but that we, like, if we want to stand our in our position, right, yeah. like, and be ready, it's it's nice if we're, like, ready when we come together. Well, I, know, love that, that, I love that um, progression of I'm going to get my posture right personally. Yeah. And then I'm going to go out there and, and worship with other people who also hopefully have their posture yeah, in, in the right. right place. And if they don't, we're here to help each other exactly. do it. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think like there's there's been so many moments where we've been preparing to go for a worship night um, for like a first Wednesday or or some, you know, even just a regular Sunday service. And everyone, we always pray back here before we go up. And so many people are like, yeah, this is happening right now. This is hard. This is hard. This is hard. And then we pray about it and we go out there and we worship. And that always feels to me like the biggest pushing against that spiritual warfare. Totally. Um, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like that is it is a really good way to kind of like have that progression of private worship into corporate worship. Mm-hmm. And and that kind of, you know. They all go together. hand in hand. Yeah, they go yeah. hand in hand. And yeah. I, I just think it works. It it It's meant to yeah. work really yeah. well. So again, God knew what he was doing. Yeah, right? he, he designed it just yeah. as, as he, you know, knew it would work. So. Yeah. We talked earlier about the song, Jesus, Son of God, where it says, on the altar of our praise, let there be no higher name. I really feel like in our society today, in our culture today, that there are things that can so easily be put above Christ on our altar of praise. So what do you guys think? What are some modern day examples of idolatry? And possibly what are some things that we might be idolizing that we don't even realize we're idolizing? I think in the Christian realm, (laughs) Maybe, maybe not just the Christian realm, but I think that marriage and family can be an idol, like, and can be even talked about, like, that's the ultimate goal, Mm -hmm. like, is to get married and then have kids. And then, um, and that really can easily not have anything to do with the Lord, but even though he created it and it's this amazing thing that he created, but I think that we can easily get confused by um, that being more important than our relationship with him and putting that like, or if that, or if that goes wrong, like if something goes wrong there, then like our whole life is a failure or, you know, it's like so scary because you've put your trust in that Mm -hmm. and it was never meant to be in that. It's hard because when you're, you know, thinking about it again, uh, now we're all married, but even with kids, where I can even notice sometimes where it's like I'm caring more about my wife and kids than I do about God. Yeah. And that's such a hard thing for mm-hmm. me to say that something should come before them. Right. And it's not, yeah. I mean, I do not take that lightly as far as like, I mean, cause that's, 
there's a guilt that comes with that too. That's like, um, I mean, Caitlin and I talk about this all the time because when we get there's spurts, everybody has them when you're married, there's spurts where you'll go through where it's just like, we are fighting all the time, Mm -hmm. arguing about stupid things that, and it's just like, it starts off this argument. And then we're now we're saying things that, why are we saying these things to Mm -hmm. each other? Mm -hmm. And it's just this, um, kind of this overflowing of just negativity within the marriage and we kind of realize a lot Caitlin and I both say to each other often in kind of our uh working everything out and stuff where it's like I gotta stop I gotta stop putting the pressure on you yeah to make me happy because Mm -hmm. you can't Mm -hmm. and the only thing that's gonna the only person that can is God and Mm -hmm. so if I'm if I'm just looking to Caitlin constantly to be like hey I need you to to give me the joy in my life yeah then it's like you're going to fall short and I'm going to be mad at you for it. Like yeah. that's just a terrible cycle to get into. And it's really kind of to me when Caitlin says to me, you're not able to make me happy. The first reaction is like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you tell me that I can't make you happy? And it's like, not that I don't make her happy, but like the true joy that she has in her life right. mm. needs, it comes from God. He's yeah. the only one that's mm-hmm. able to fill that void. Yep. Yeah. And it's difficult to get to that point sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I think that's the, the, always the hardest part is it's really easy. It's, very easy to pick out certain things in your life and go, oh, like I can claim that as an idol, like something where it's like, oh, like my my job is my idol or, um, you know, this hobby is my idol. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to look at something that is very good and be like, that yeah. can also be my idol. Yeah. Um, and, and mostly, obviously, that comes with marriage. Right. And looking at that being like, yeah, like my relationship with my wife can be an idol. And that's really hard, I think, to, to mm-hmm. admit and to kind of like you were saying, yeah, just kind of reiterating that. Um, yeah. Especially if you're like somebody like me, that's like, I, this is, I'm such a people pleaser mm-hmm. that I'm like, I need to know that you are, you are delighted in, uh, to be my wife. Like yeah. that yeah. I am so good as a husband <laughs> that you are just uh, unbelievably overwhelmed with appreciation and joy. <laughs> and it's just like, what if what, that's not possible? Right. Like she's yeah. not gonna think that. Like there's no way. And then I start to really look into like the w- the way that she does have a, like her attitude is all focused on like no, it needs to be God. Mm-hmm. And like the the competition part of me that goes like it's God, not me, really. You know, like yeah, the first jealousy. reaction. And then I go, oh my gosh, how wonderfully blessed am I that my wife understands that God should come yeah. first yeah. and yeah. in everything and not Takes that the she's putting off. the pressure yeah. on me, <laughs> even though I'm like, no, 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 I could handle the pressure. You know, like, no, I can't. <laughs> I could be the best. <laughs> I, could, I could be the best. No, 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 no. I'm so, <laughs> no, no. I'm so thankful that she understands that and that mm-hmm. it's not something because that really is, um, that really is a way that we're able to come through a lot of the arguments and disagreements we have is because we talk about, we talk about, you know what? I'm putting too much pressure on you. Mm. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I want to talk about adversity too. Um, worshiping through adversity. We talked about worship being, uh, you know, on the front lines, worship leaders being on the front lines of going into battle. Um, let's talk about personally though, worshiping. Do you feel like it's more difficult or less difficult to worship through adversity when you personally are going through something? I think it's easier for me to okay. worship. I agree. In, mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus like when I'm happy and everything's. I'm the opposite. Great. This is really? one of the reasons I okay. want to ask this question. Yeah. I think that kind of like we talked about it because worship can feel so much like you're, you're battling. Um, 
for me, it, it's easier to battle when you have a battle to fight, right? Yeah. So it's like when you have something that's that's really hard right now and you're like, I need Jesus to intervene in this. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to get up there and be like, all right, time to time to worship. But then the like the the fault there is then when things are easy, you're like, well, like, yeah, I'll, I'll worship. But it's like you really I, I really have to be very conscious of like, okay, I haven't, like, I haven't been doing that enough. Like I need to worship. I need to give God what is his and worship. Yeah. Um, when it's easy, cause it's very easy for me to just be like, oh yeah, things are fine. It's good. And I think a lot of people would agree. Um, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say though. Yeah. You know, I think in my own experience in my life with adversity, I've really found it more difficult to focus completely on God during those times of struggle. Typically just because I'm so focused on how to fix it. And I have this attitude of, of don't worry, God, I can fix this. Ah. I can do this on my own. I can take care of myself. Ultimately, it comes from pride. That's the problem is that I'm so prideful that I'm, I'm even like this with my family and my friends and, and coworkers where I, I try not to inconvenience people, even with people uh, serving. Like we're setting up all these outdoor speakers right now. Part of me had such a hard time asking people to help me with that because I didn't want to inconvenience anybody. Like, no, 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 I can take care of this on my own. When in reality, it's like, no, I can't take care of this on my own. It would take me 12 hours to set it up and, and, you know, six hours to tear it down. Like I need help with that. And so if we're looking at it as adversity and I'm struggling with something, I have a really difficult time giving it up to God to be like, look, I'm going to completely surrender this to you. And over the years, I've really felt like it's become easier for me to praise God during the good times because when things are going well, I'm not stressed out. Yeah. I'm not worried about something. I'm not trying to fix something. I'm not focused on a solution for whatever I'm struggling with. Yeah. I'm really just at peace. And when things are going well, even if it's something small, like you know, an hour that I get to hang out with my boys that I wasn't expecting, it's a blessing. And I praise God for that. I thank God for that. I'm able to worship him for that. But when I'm going through something tough, I really do think my pride gets in the way and it becomes really a struggle for me to surrender it all to God, not out of lack of faith or lack of trust, but more out of just my own pride of thinking, I can take care of this. I can, I can fix this. I have the solution when really, no, I don't like the relationship that I have with God. I completely understand that God is the one holding me up, that he's carrying me through. And for some reason, I still try to walk on my own through, you know, the, the dark times, the struggles. And even if it's a small struggle, Mm -hmm. I still, I still see how many times I've tried to fix something small without God's help, and it just t- doesn't work. Hey, let's take a quick break. I want to remind you about the Spring Hills Church YouTube channel. You can find all of our most recent church services on there. Also, our Next Gen Ministries has all of their videos on there as well. Preschool, first through fourth graders, club five, six, junior high and high schoolers. It's great. There's a lot of stuff for your whole family, including Adventure Week. All five episodes of Adventure Week are on there, so check that out. And now let's get back to Andrea and Brennan with Beyond the Stage. Are there any, like, verses or songs that you have that are, like, go-tos during your times of adversity? Mm, Yes. I have always sung um, I Surrender All. Mm. That one. Do you know that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because it's just... It just is what always comes to my head, and because I I know that I can't do anything, and I hate not being able to do anything and fix something. I really like fixing things. Mm-hmm. So when I and I hate to like sit in something that's uncomfortable or sad or whatever. So that song 
is just, you know, just surrendering. Give it up. Yeah. Like whatever. It's, yeah. Whatever. I can't, I can't do anything and God can do everything. Yeah, so yeah. I don't actually think I have anything specific off the top of my head verse or, or song wise. Um, I, I really think I just, I appreciate the variety in, in, in the things that, that we end up playing and singing. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times for whatever season I'm in, there's usually something like, I think, um, freedom that song freedom that we do mm-hmm. yeah. is definitely more of a, a a praise than like a worshipful reverence song but i think for me like the um oftentimes the the chorus of that really comes to mind when i'm thinking about kind of like worship and adversity um kind of having like the i don't know i just think there's something about that song and like the freedom that it's talking about and how like it, it doesn't hold back on talking about that freedom. Like it's very in your face about yeah. it. Lot, you know, I'll go through different songs and stuff that are kind of the ones that my go-tos. Um, I have a friend named Phil that, uh, and those uh, those that have heard me talk about the song are like, Garrett, give it up already, man. We know you love Phil's song. So Phil is a, a friend of mine that I grew up with. Um, we got to know each other really well in college, and he is a worship leader for uh, Gateway over in Texas now. I think they're in Texas. Um, he's moved around a little bit, but Phil wrote this song. It's called Song of Redemption. It's the one I made you listen to. Um, it's good. I like it. And there's a line, you know, he he sings through hallelujah, hallelujah, uh, glorify his name forever. It's Jesus. He's he basically just like, he's the one that's going to turn this all around. He's the one that can mm-hmm. fix it. And that's very, it's very uh, creative in the way that he used the words of like uh, saying that Christ, that God wrote a melody with all of our wrongs. And now we're going to sing the song back to him. He's the composer and we're going to sing all of this back to him in praise. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the bridge and he just sings, you make all things new. And he sings it over and over and over. You make all things new. And then it's, I saw my sin and you heard a song. And that's what his line is. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, I love that. I love that line. And so that was a, for a, um, ironically going through that same chunk of time that I was talking about earlier with the, the kind of struggles that I was going through with some health issues. That was a song that was, I was listening to all the time. Mm-hmm. I called Phil, I talked to him about it. And like, he's all, he's all like the sweetest guy too. Like he's such a nice person. He prayed for me on the phone after I told him about all this stuff. And, uh, just, he's been a, such an encouragement to me throughout my, mostly my adult life because we've gotten to know each other better. But, um, the verses that I go to, I like to read through the Psalms because David, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so up and down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a roller coaster. And it reminds me of myself because mm-hmm. I can be, I'm, I react quickly and uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to react harshly one way or the other. Either I'm going to be really like, well, it's over. This is <laughs> <laughs> nothing we can do now. I guess it's just over. Back and on. then the other thing is just like, no, everything is awesome. This is going to be yeah. great. And it's like overly optimistic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I go up and down. I love there's, uh, Dave, David has the Psalm where he, um, he kind of, he starts by telling, sharing his problems with God and he talks, he just goes through this, like kind of a roller coastery thing of being like, and this is where I'm at. I'm so low. And then it just ends in this like crescendo of praise mm-hmm. for God. And I love reading through those Psalms that are like that. So I want to talk about distractions. When is it the hardest for you to focus on worshiping God? Like when you find yourself the most distracted, whether it's while we're on stage or in your own personal life? I think I get really distracted when, <clears throat> when I, when there's something that I'm excited about, and it could be anything that I'm just like, I would almost rather be doing that right now, um, mm-hmm. which can definitely be like that's that's a real thing where it could be like I I, I re- recognize like how good worship is and and how necessary it is, but there's definitely times when there's something else in my life that I'm like I'd rather be doing that. The other thing too 
is when, um, when I, I'm in school right now, getting near the end, which is great. Um, but if I have a lot of work that I have to do and I'm like, I just don't have time for this, which is not true. But mm-hmm. there's so many times where I'll be like, I just don't have time for worship right now. I need to go do something else mm-hmm. um, and 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 make progress on this. And so that can be, I think, a big distracting point, too, is like other important things. Can yeah, be yeah. Hugely do, you, distracting. do you ever have like the um, the kind of attitude? I, I mean, I specifically work in ministry and I've been full time ministry for uh, nine years now. So I have the thought that after a weekend, not anymore, but I used to have this thought like Mondays is you know the day off, right? And it would legitimately be taking a day off from God, mm-hmm. like not just because oh, it's ministry. Because it's your job. And so I'm wondering, do you guys, I mean, weekends are long for, for the worship team. So like, is that ever a feeling where like the weekend's over or a big event, let's say Christmas or something, um, because that's, you know, you're putting in, the band probably puts in 40 hours over that mm-hmm. week of Christmas. And um, do you ever have that feeling too, where you like accidentally, without even realizing it, you're not just taking a day off to rest, but you're actually taking a day off from God? I think sometimes when I'm on vacation, I do that. Yeah. For sure. Like certain kinds of vacations. You didn't bring God with you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should still be (laughs) in tune with that and him and like in the word and, yeah, you know, not just laying here on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Although rest is good too, but yeah. Yeah, sure. I think even Sundays sometimes, like, so we get through a a weekend Uh, of services, you know, I'll I'll be here till about one in the afternoon. And then after I go home, it's like, cool, I'm done. Done. And yeah. and then it's like, I don't have to do anymore. I've already worshiped today. Like, I don't need to do anything. And that's like really, it's very easy to, to yeah. feel like I can only worship during certain times. Yeah. And then be like, okay, cool, I'm, I'm good now. Like, Clocked I've, out. Yeah, I've got my punch card punched and I'm good. What are some threats to worshiping God? So uh, the the idea here with this is my own, my own life. The threat to me genuinely worshiping God comes with my desire for everything to be perfect. That's a threat of mine. Um, and if things aren't perfect, I'm only thinking about how to make something perfect. And if that's all I'm thinking about, I'm not worshiping, which is really difficult because there's a lot going on on the stage, right? There's things that moving parts. And it's mm-hmm. like, if this isn't all working right, it can be very distracting for me. Um, I think Brett has that too, where it's like, if it's not perfect, it's mm-hmm. very distracting. Yeah. And I have to push that aside because it's it's a legitimate threat to my worship leading. And if it's not all going right, all of a sudden, I'm not a worship leader anymore. I'm a music leader trying to fix a problem, yeah, sure. you know? Yeah. So yeah. What do you guys think? What are some threats for, to worshiping God? And it can be your own or, you know, the church. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you mean like threats? Uh, can you explain that a little bit more? Um, wow. I thought I did. Well, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm a little slow, I guess. Uh, ba- I mean, we're talking about distractions. So what's so, the biggest okay. threat to distract you from worshiping God or to distract the church from worshiping God? Okay. I mean, for me, it's like, people are the biggest distraction for mm. me not um not like it being perfect because I know it won't be I will not do it perfectly mm-hmm. right. I yeah. never will so I don't really expect that from myself or anyone else but people um I think I can get distracted by like wanting people to understand this like so badly and like it for them to really get it that sometimes, in my mind, I'm like kind of angry, like more like preachy than, which it's okay to like preach a song that I'm leading, but I get like super discouraged if I'm like, nobody's even, people aren't even paying attention. People aren't even worshiping at all. Why is that dude on his phone? 
Yeah. Or like, yeah. why are they talking? Like that's so rude and so distracting. <laughs> and so it becomes more about people yeah. than about worshiping. Yeah. So I think that's for me, the biggest. I one. know it's always, the first one's always like a heart posture um, of like, am I, am I in the right space to, to do this right now? And a lot of times, kind of like I talked about earlier with the distractions of having other things that I'd rather be doing. Sometimes that's the heart posture that gets in the way of worship is like, no, I, I'm just not there. So I'm going through the motions at that point. The other thing is if I like don't practice a song enough and I get there and I'm like, okay, I got to play it now. You mean when I say, by the way, we're introducing a new song and you got to learn it in six minutes. Yeah, 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 exactly. One of those. those. Um, Because then it's, then it's so much of me focusing on doing things right and hitting the right notes and, and, you know, and sometimes even like, okay, like there's definitely times where I'll play a song like, all right, this, this, the way I'm playing this right now is kind of boring. How do I make it more interesting? Yeah. Um, but that can oftentimes take away from, from, from the worship because I'm, now totally I'm just focusing on how am I playing this? How yeah. can I make it better? Yeah. And I've just totally lost the fact that I'm doing this for, you know, actual worship. So now, now it's just, how can I make this sound good or not mess up? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, a, it's, it's tough with, um, I mean, I personally, I, worked so hard when I was younger to memorize lyrics. And so now it just comes so easily to me. Like I memorize lyrics pretty well. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mess them up sometimes. And there's a couple songs that I'm like, I get them mixed up and it's, I never do that. Yeah, I know. Right. Andrea, (laughs) the first time we ever sang the song, Jesus, you alone, we did an acoustic version of it. And it was just, (laughs) it was just Andrea and Israel singing and me playing the guitar. We started, it was communion and we started, I started playing the song. And I'm like, there's also this kind of ongoing thing where you say that I don't ever look at you when yeah. we're, we're, which is a, such a lie. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't, it, I'm not facing you. So like yeah. I'm singing into a microphone and then like when you're singing is when I'll probably look over at that you. That makes sense. And then you're not looking at me. So it's not that I don't look at you, but, um, this, sure. this time specifically I'm sitting on the stool, I start playing this song <laughs> and I get to the point where I'm like, well, she probably should have started singing, you know, sometime here. And I look over at you and you're staring at me <laughs> with this. And I wish this was on video right now because, and the face you were making was <laughs> this, like, Uh-oh. like you were communicating with your eyebrows. Like yeah. there's a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just was like, I don't know what's happening. And then you finally push the pull, like put the microphone to the side and you lean over to me and you, <laughs> you look back at the screen that gives you your lyrics and you said, I need the lyrics. <laughs> I have no idea how this starts. I and you, it, you, you had no clue. Like this song no was not going to start yeah. until they put it up nope. on the screen. Mm-hmm. The bummer is that the people in the back, they're not facing that screen. No. So they don't know no. if it's up there or not. So but they're just like, why isn't like she singing? I will give them like a head nod. Like, like yo, bro, yeah. uh, get, get yeah. the screen but moving. They're yeah. But they're not always paying attention, no. which the is way fine. That, they're doing other things. The way that you did it, there has not been too many times where I have actually like, laugh on stage <laughs> but i had to completely put my head down because i was just like this is this is the like we're gonna sit here for a I'm, long time i'm jimmy fallon in a saturday night yeah. skit right now yeah. because i'm gonna break and it was just like i had this image in my head where i was like we could sit here for six minutes <laughs> and it's just i don't have a microphone so it's yeah. not like i can start singing it yeah, exactly. which sometimes i've done and yeah. it was just like you know as much as those moments can be really awkward i actually kind of I, I, there's, there's a part of me that loves those moments oh, me because too. they're oh, just yeah. so real. Yes. Oh, yeah. So it's like everybody out there is like, yeah, they're going to, they're going to play some songs. We're going to worship. And then something goes horribly wrong and we're all just like, 
Well, great. like the soundboard freezing and the only thing working yeah. is the microphones and yes. the drums. Yes. When we are weak, he is strong. Right? Yes. You know, that's what yeah. I remind myself. When well, I and then God has a sense of humor. There's totally. no way God's up there being like, I cannot believe that Andrea didn't memorize this song. Exactly. I do not feel glorified. That is not what's happening. God's probably up there going, look at these idiots. <laughs> look at these. Like, Angels, come here. Check this they guy out. They know what they're look doing. Look at this. His voice just cracked. Well, and it's, oh, yeah. it's also good to keep us humble too. Oh, yeah. totally. Because it's like, yeah. hey, you're not some like hot shot. Like you're totally going right. to mess up and it's going to be super awkward and hilarious. Yes, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I accept that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yesterday I posted on Instagram a little um, AMA thing and it's an ask me anything. And so I got a bunch of responses. How much time does it take to prepare for the weekend? I don't really think I spent a ton of time like really focusing on everything before the weekend actually hits. I will, I will take a good hour, maybe hour and a half to like listen to the songs a lot. I'll, I'll play them. Um, I do think this is talking about the technical preparation too, not like the, oh. you know, like the worship preparation. The so yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're on the, you're on the right okay, track. Right, right, I right. just didn't want it because we do, you have to prepare your heart Yeah, too. so you do prepare your heart. But yeah, it techni technically, it really doesn't take that long. I usually spend about an hour, hour and a half. Um, and then I'll always listen to the songs on the way drive up here. Right. Um, and then if there's something that's like, like you said, new songs can take a little bit longer. So there may be some times when I was like, oh, that's different. I, I need to spend more time on that. Yeah, the but, progression's a little different yeah. out of the ordinary, different time signature. Yeah, so usually hour, hour and a half. I uh, I don't take that much time. <laughs> 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 uh, if it's a song I've already done before, which happens a lot, I don't. Sometimes I'll just, like, like think of a more interesting way to sing it, you know, and I try to memorize the lyrics but they never really stick but um i don't know it's it's really because i can my voice is with me always that's like, the I don't thing have about vocalists mm -hmm. you can so practice i can whatever. practice in the shower and i could practice in the car and i can sure. you know so what about weeks that you aren't leading worship are you still singing andrea like are you still I sing all the time yeah. okay yeah so yeah. that was the question was uh do you still exercise your voice on weeks oh, yeah. you're not leading worship all the time yeah yeah um, and then I'll give that to you. This wasn't for you, but do you practice your instrument on weeks when you don't play? Um, not as much as I should. Great. Good to know this. Guys, thank you for asking these questions. It's exposing <laughs> some things that I need to talk to the band about. Uh, what's your favorite worship song right now? Oh, geez. I still think Freedom is my favorite worship song okay, right now. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm really bad with favorites. I'll say one that we, favorite like, really one bad. that for Andrea, you, we can say this. What's your favorite one to sing right now? Oh, I love singing King of Kings. There's a lot of words. Yeah, I there's a lot of singing. words. And I love singing that. I really like singing that with Jer, too. Good Grace. Yeah. That was like the a, Easter. Th the I love Good Grace. Good, yeah, good yeah, Grace. So that's yeah, my yeah. answer right that's, now. Yeah, good yeah, Grace, good grace really is so good. Too. Uh, this is for all of us. Do you guys all get along? Um, let us all tell you about time. Jerry. Yeah. Oh, Jerry. Let us tell you about Jerry. <laughs> Jeez. No, Jerry. We so this is. We actually love Jerry. We do. Jerry is. <laughs> Uncle um, Jerry. He's become what this is. It's odd because he's so old, but he's become <laughs> one of my best friends. Jerry and I rag on each other constantly, and Brennan, I think, was the the victim of feeling very uncomfortable thinking that we were being very mean to each other. Right? Yeah. Was there was you? there was definitely one time where I was like, "This is more than it's been in the past," and <laughs> it was actually just you guys taking it to another level. But I, I thought you got to know each yeah, other better. I just thought you guys were being super rude. We we <laughs> just. So there is nothing that Jerry can do that will offend me yeah, and nothing that I can do that will offend him. And I think for the most part, I mean, in this room, there's, I mean, honestly, there's not much that you guys are going to do that's going to offend me. Um, mm -hmm. There's, it's just not going to happen. I, I trust you guys that you're not trying to be spiteful. Um, anyways, uh, let's see, Andrea, this one's for you. Who are your role models? Um, my mom is definitely one of my role models. Um, yeah. 
she's just always been um, a woman of integrity and somebody that I could trust and ask her pretty much anything. So, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, I'll skip the next one um, because we've kind of already covered it with other things we've said. But this one, what's your Enneagram number? This was for everybody. Oh, that's a good question. This might have been my wife that I, asked. Oh, I like I'm a seven. The Me too. Oh, what? No, Me I, too. <laughs> I'm a nine. That's what I, yeah. Oh, I thought you the were a two. Mm-hmm. No, he's the Interesting. peacemaker. Y'all, if you don't know anything about nines. the Enneagram, check it out. It's yeah. fascinating things. Yes. There's an Instagram account called, I think it's Enneagram and Coffee. Is that what it is? Yeah. And it, they put up things that are like situational, um, yeah. like day at the beach. And this is what your oh, personality is. Oh, I need to is. follow that. Yeah, um, it's, it's really fun. Um, and you can, you're supposed to basically look at what a, what each one is and then you self-diagnose what you are mm-hmm. so yeah. um what one you relate to um let's see andrea have you always been a singer which you already kind of covered yes yeah but and then brennan when did you start playing bass and do you play other instruments yeah so i i started playing bass um around i think i was a freshman in high school um maybe even might have been eighth grade my dad has always been a worship leader so he he i wanted to learn guitar and um it was really funny he came to me and he's like you know what brennan um you can learn guitar if you want to, but the you know what the world easier. really needs is oh, yeah. the world really needs more basis. A good basis. As he was like, you can see right now, man, you literally are only basis. I, I know. Right yeah. So, and he's like, he's like, honestly, Brennan, if you want to play an instrument, like we, you, you really should just play the bass. And I was like, all right. I, the world has plenty of acoustic guitar players. <laughs> right? So true. So I took, you know, his advice and, and, um, learned and, yeah, I've I've loved playing bass, and yeah, I'm always one of those those people that people are like, "Hey, do you want to you want to play?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." I yeah. love the bass. It's, it's I, uh, I don't want to learn how to play the bass. Yeah, it's fun, and especially yeah. like when like when you're when you're good at it. Yeah, it's uh, really fun. Like I having a live bass is so much better because, and actually with a bassist, not one of our guitar players playing. Because if you play the bass like a guitarist, mm-hmm. you can tell. Yeah, like it's it's a different feel, and not that like. Our guitarists can't play bass. You like feel the bass. I feel like. But dude, when you get when you take that bass line for a walk, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you're just like, all right, this is you 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 just feel it like almost like it's walking up your leg, and into your heart, (laughs) and you're just like, this is. Wow, that's a great like slogan, right? It's walking. Does this this go onto the quote wall? Um, There's a quote wall in the green room, everybody. And everything that's said in the green room that we find humorous gets put up there. Although we're running out of space. We are. Uh, all right. So this is uh, for, oh, mine. Yes, I play other instruments, but primarily the acoustic. Um, the electric I used to play more of, and now I'm a little bit out of practice. So I don't do that a whole lot anymore. Uh, and then the bass, I also played bass for a couple years in a band, which was fun. And again, out of practice. Piano, I can play piano. Not nice. very well, but uh, that's about it. Oh, the banjo. I can play the banjo. That one's fun. That's about it. Um, oh, the trumpet. I played. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Let's see I how long this trumpet goes. When I was a kid, I don't think I could play it anymore. But I played the trumpet when I was a kid. I, I tried um, when I was in fifth grade. I tried the cornet and I hated it. Yeah. But I I'm wish not, I had learned because I love the trumpet. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of playing wind instruments, mm-hmm. but I love the sound yeah, of like that cool. big band sound. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, cool. It's gorgeous. Um, for everybody, uh, what would your spouse say is your greatest strength and your greatest weakness? Wow. Is this heavy? I don't know. Uh, greatest strength and greatest weakness. I think uh, I th- I'll start it off because I've, I've had this conversation with Caitlin recently. I think Caitlin would say that one of my greatest strengths, strengths is to be able to have fun through times that are not fun times. 
Oh, that's a good strength. To have like a good yeah. outlook on, on yeah. you know, not let the the terrible, she got in a car accident last week and she's fine, but you know, the deductible having to pay yeah. that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Hey, you and the boys are okay. That's what's important mm-hmm. to me. And now let's just go home and hang out and play the floor is lava with our kids oh, and yeah. enjoy it. And she's yeah. like, okay, that, yeah, let's do that. Cause she's stressed out mm-hmm. and she's, yeah. you know, shaken up a little bit and just, you know, she, I think that's one of the things that she would say. She also might say that's my greatest weakness. It's not, yeah, it's not taking was, things seriously. Yeah. That's, I think that um, maybe he would say my persistence Ooh. is my greatest strength, but it drives him nuts. Oh, sure. You know, so, you know, because I just like, if there's something going on and it needs to be addressed, I will just go at it. I'll just keep going at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm not going to, because I care enough about people to like, let's resolve this or like, what's the actual issue or, you know, like keep digging Mm-hmm. But that's not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think Jess would, would probably say patience for me is my greatest strength. She mentions uh. it a lot. Um, but I think weakness-wise, she would probably mention that I, I can get really lax with, like, chores and stuff. <laughs> and so she's like, she's, like, on it. Like, she's so good at chores and, like, getting things done and cleaning. And she loves to clean. And I'm just like, oh, I guess I'll do yeah. this. So See, I like it's to keep you're a things. Nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like to keep things consistently clean, Mm -hmm. but if it gets to the point where it's a little bit like, this is beyond just me picking up real quick, it, I'd like not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to do it. And she, Caitlin's really good at that. Um, okay. This is the last question. Uh, well, this isn't the last question. Um, but I'll make it the last question. Uh, oh, favorite movie back to the future. Thank you for whoever asked what my favorite movie was back to the future forever. Um, you guys want to say your favorite movies? No, I'm terrible at favorite. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Back to the Future too, but not, not not like the second, but like also. That's weird. <laughs> I know. Oh. But is it really? It is. is. Oh, I know it's Jess's. I didn't know it was yours. Well, I, I think just watching it with Jess has, has made me love it so much. Oh, like, okay. I love Back to the yeah, Future. Yeah, Back to the Future is amazing. Yeah. It's such a fun movie. Okay, um, so then this is, the, this is the last question. It was for Andrea. Um, when and how did singing change from performing to worshiping for you? Oh. oh, there was also just a comment. You sing like an angel. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I no, that one was for me. That, oh, I'm you just, sing like kidding. an angel. <laughs> no, it was for you. Um, <laughs> hmm. I think that. Well, this could be a really long story, so I'll think of a way to say it that's not super long. But um. Oh, we're out of time. Ah, <laughs> I think once I was able to lead worship in an environment that was more free, then I was able to. Uh, worship more and it was less of a performance um that's a really short way of saying yeah it. great yeah. wow good, <laughs> great job good answer well that was our very first episode of beyond the stage here on the spring hills podcast we're going to be doing that every few weeks not just with andrea and brennan but with different members of the worship team and production team when we can talk about worship what it means to us personally and what it means to our church so that'll be every few weeks be sure to check that out also, this weekend, we have guest speaker Carl Romeus joining us for Church on the Lawn. He's been here a few different times. We know him. We love him. So don't miss out on that. Our normal service times, 5.30 on Saturday, and then Sunday morning at 8.15, 9.30, and 11.15. And then also, in just a few days, we will have another Spring Hills podcast episode. And this time, John Knapp joined me in the green room for a one-on-one and we learned about his story, his family life, where he grew up, his education, and how he got into ministry. It was really great, so don't miss that. All right, well, we hope you have a wonderful week. We will catch you next time on the Spring Hills Podcast. Bye.